You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. We have been talking about bidding wars in the real estate market now for for years. And during the pandemic, it's just gotten wildly out of control. Not enough supply. People, I can work anywhere I want. I'm going to go work in the country. Until their bosses call them back to work in the city. And then they're like, oh, this commute sucks. My internet isn't all that good. What am I going to do? I'm going to move back to the city. Well, we've got all of the ingredients for this perfect ingredients, not the best word, all of the circumstances and things happening that create this perfect storm for what I've been talking about for a while, which is when the eviction moratorium get lifted, CDC, that whole thing, state, local evictions get lifted. And that's happening right now, various places, very varying levels you are going to see rents skyrocket. And that's kind of what we've been talking about. Um, and I just did a podcast on rents in Seattle. Um, they are it, it's happening. I mean, it's, it's going on right now. Here's an interesting one that I have not seen. And I've not heard of this because I don't deal I don't deal a ton in the rental market. I deal from the standpoint of buying and selling of uh, homes that are rental properties. But Today's topic is bidding wars erupt for renters, for renters, not buyers and sellers of homes, as the economy recovers in a hot housing market. So imagine going to apply for rent and you, you're like, all right, you're asking $16.95. Hey, what's it going to take? I'll give you $18.95. No, we're not close. $21.95. Does that get me there? I mean, that's kind of what we do on the real estate buy and sell end of things, right? So give me a hint. Am I close? Is our offer close? What do we need to do? Do I need to throw in an escalation clause here? Do I need to throw in a dear property manager letter from my tenants, which are becoming illegal? They're already illegal in Oregon. Don't worry. Um, and it's just crazy, right? So bidding wars for renters. That's a thing. Because we've just got this, we've got this set of circumstances where this is just this is kind of just what's happening. That's what we're getting into today here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. All right, if you're new here, thanks for joining. My name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. And in spite of me being in, you know, from Seattle, I like to read the news that some people might consider reasonable. I bring my opinion to it. And that's what we're doing. All right. So let's take a look at this one. This is from CNBC. Um, I don't read a lot from CNBC. But there's a couple of authors that I do enjoy reading from and this is one and it's what we're doing. Okay, let's scroll down to there are usually they are usually reserved for home buyers, but bidding wars are becoming more common in the rental home market. Demand for apartment and single family rentals is surging and outpacing supply. Keep talking about that, don't we? Don't have adequate supply and you've got too much demand. Why are prices going up? Hmm, yeah, that's why. As the economy improves, workers are moving out of shared living situations and looking for their own homes. In addition, ah, that's one of the situations. There's a ton here, right, as to why, why rents are just going through the roof. In addition, the housing market is so expensive right now that many would-be buyers are being priced out. They got to rent, can't afford it. That has them looking for rentals. Some landlords are seeing more than a dozen applications for good properties and renters offering well above the asking rent. That's crazy. 
We've been leasing property for almost 20 years, and we haven't seen an applicant pool this competitive since we started, said Vipin Matwani, managing principal at Iron Gate Development in Maryland. Who do you work for? I work for Iron Gate Development. Matwani listed a Clinton, Maryland home two weeks ago and had 20 prospective tenants go through it. He then received 10 applications, far more than normal. Given the stiff competition, renter profiles are now changing as well, meaning they have more money and better credit histories. So landlords, because the rental pool has been constricting, and that's happening for a number of reasons, because the land because there's fewer rental properties out there, than there are a number of renters supply and demand, the landlords, they can pretty much cherry pick the cream of the crop, right? I mean, that's just how this goes. So when we get these moratoriums taken off, you're gonna have a bunch of people that are going to get evicted. Um, and they're going to have to be competing with the this same pool of renters. That's going to be super tough. And so many of the homes that have been rental properties that landlords are struggling with because you've got such a thing as an eviction moratorium, which should never have happened because you have messed with the whole housing equilibrium by doing so. When these moratoriums get taken off, I've already got ton of email from from owners of properties saying, hey, we kind of want to get out of the landlord game. That's not a game we want to be doing. The risk is too great. If they can do an eviction moratorium, what else can be done down the road? We're going to sell our property. Ton of conversations like that. That is happening. And so when these people put their properties in the market, which are much more expensive now than when they typically bought, say they bought 10 years ago, they bought 20 years ago, those properties have either doubled or tripled, maybe quadrupled in value. And so now now when they're purchased, they've been a rental for 10, 20, 15, 20 years, who knows? Maybe it hasn't been that long, maybe the appreciation hasn't been that great. But properties are so expensive now that oftentimes they're being purchased owner occupied, they're not being purchased non owner occupied, meaning they're being purchased at to be utilized as a rental. So you've got purchasers, owner occupy these properties, your rental pool constricts. And as this rental pool constricts, yeah, you got more tenants looking for them, because of situations like we just talked about, they can't afford to buy a home, more people are renting, rents are going up. So that's I mean, and, and that's one of uh, just a few reasons as to there's a whole bunch of things. And we're going to talk about some of them as we keep them. So let's kind of just keep going the rental applications that we're getting right now, you're seeing higher credit scores, you're seeing applicants willing to put down more in terms of security pot deposit, you're seeing strong rental history as well. That wasn't necessarily the case pre COVID. No, because now you've got this situation where there's not enough rental housing to go forward. And there hasn't been enough supply of homes to purchase. And so that pressure is being put on people as they start to move out and make their moves during the recovery. Matt Van Slyke moved to New York City this weekend to start a new job. He toured about 15 apartments in two days after searching on apps like Street Easy. He saw prices of the units he was looking at go up three to $400 just over the last two to three months. We are seeing that in Seattle. A couple hundred bump, uh, dollar bump, not uncommon. Uh, know a lot of folks, they've gotten uh, notices lately. Hey, 
giving you your 60 day notice, which is what they can do here in Washington State, 60 day notice, your rent's going up 250 bucks a month. Now people might say, well, that's really unfair. But if you think about it, everything has gone up. Everything's gone up from the cost of management, because management's got to pass these, you know, their costs along as well. Taxes have gone up. Assessed values have gone up because property values have gone up and assessed values are based on property values. Insurance has gone up. Maintenance has gone up. Building materials to hold these properties together has gone up. Not to mention the value of these properties has just skyrocketed. And so people have options to sell now and they're doing so. And you've got fewer numbers of single family homes on the market. And so many of the single family homes are owned by landlords who own 10 or less properties. And majority of single family rental properties are owned by landlords slash owners who own four or less properties. Those are just straight up statistics. So those people don't have the money to withstand an eviction moratorium or they're going to have to really dig deep to hold it together because they've been asked to cover the tenants costs during all this. And they're not getting their money very quickly from the federal money that's the 47 billion that's out there. It's just not getting into the hands of landlords very quick, taking some time, because that is that has been just a cluster. So all these circumstances, they just constrict the supply of rentals. And here we are, and there's big demand. You got bidding wars for rental properties. Now, the one that I really wanted to apply to I was looking at with three or four other people on the tour. Before I got home, I immediately got my information together applied. And it already had a had applications put in, he said, he didn't get it. And it was the one he really wanted. Van Slyke then tried for another one that had already had multiple applications and lost out on that one as well. He eventually settled for something pricier than he would have liked, a studio in Manhattan's East Village, he said, since he felt a time crunch because of his job, and it just seemed like everything else was flying off the shelves. This is part of that full circle I've been talking about for a while. During the pandemic, I said, if you wanted a, a decent bet, get some good zing for your money buy a studio or a one bedroom condo. This is that return full circle. So this guy, um, he eventually settled for something pricier. It was a studio in Manhattan's East Village. Now I understand this is the rental market, not the uh, owner market of, you know, studio or one bedroom. But the concept is the same. All of a sudden, a studio is now a reasonable option. Whereas in Manhattan's East Village, that would have been the kiss of death during the heart of the pandemic, right? A studio? No, I don't think so. I'm not going to hunker down in the middle of Manhattan in the East Village in a studio if all the cool stuff is closed down and everybody else is leaving because, you know, that whole New York COVID thing, I didn't work out well, did it? It was not the place you wanted to be. So the intensifying competition is driving rents higher at a strong pace. In July, rents nationally rose 7% year over year for one bedroom apartments, and 8.7% for two bedroom apartments. These are apartment rentals. This is up from 5% and 6.5% annual gains in June, according to Zumper, a national rental listing platform. What's the name of your company? Zumper? That's, uh, that's interesting. 
Probably wouldn't have gone with that name, but what would I know? Zumper. Some markets are, it is memorable though, isn't it? I mean, there's something to be said for marketing. We're talking about it. Is it a good name or not a bad name? Well, we're talking about it. So I guess it worked. Zumper it is. Some markets are seeing more demand than others. In the spring of this year, New York City saw its rent applications double compared with 2020. San Francisco saw a 79% increase in prospective renters, and Seattle experienced a 55% jump. According to Rent Cafe, I can get behind that name, Rent Cafe, that makes sense, a rental listing website. Meanwhile, Boston saw only a 5% gain while rent applications rose 8% in Charlotte, North Carolina, and 9% in Portland, Oregon. Oh, Portland, so many issues. For single-family rental homes, the latest read from CoreLogic in May showed rents up 6.6% year-over-year, which is nearly four times the annual increase seen in May 2020. Well, May 2020, it, numbers were going down for a lot of cities because we were dealing with the heart of the Rona, right? You had uh, second, second half of March, bloodbath. Oh, just train wreck. We didn't know up from down. April, oh, pretty horrible. Just economy shut down, not knowing what's going on. What is this pandemic? May? Yeah, much of the same, trying to figure it out. So yeah, May 2020. Not a good year for housing or a good year for appreciation, but for rentals, um, yeah, people just weren't quite making that move to rentals. Strong job and income growth, as well as fierce competition for sale home housing, is fueling demand for single-family rentals, Molly Bozel, principal economist at CoreLogic, said in a release. Bozel said she expects these factors to continue to drive the market this year, especially in and around cities and technology hubs, as people start to return to offices. There is that narrative. We're going to need you to come into the office on Saturday. And, you know, you could cut that down to, we're going to need you to come back to the office. That whole thing about working remote from ever forever, not so much. We need you back in the office. I did notice um, Amazon here in Seattle was saying that they're not going to demand their workers come back to the office until, was it January, I think? The new year. I mean, why not start off the new year with a clean slate? Hey, you guys come back January 1. I've got friends that work at Amazon and some of them are, they're working in downtown now because they like working in downtown. They can no longer work at the kitchen dining room table or their den, which is actually the family room. I'm making this stuff up. They don't want to be at home anymore. There's some cool stuff happening in downtowns. Ah, there's some shootings too. There's some stuff that's a little sketchy. Public safety, mm, it's not exactly 100% right now. But that's a whole other podcast that you could check out right here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So single family rental REITs, real estate investment trusts, namely invitation homes and American homes for rent, have been reaping the rewards, beating estimates in their latest earnings releases on strong occupancy and revenue. All right, let the bashing on corporate America begin. Those bastards who own too many units yeah, whatever. I get tired of that. It's like, hey, they're big companies. They own rental housing. Yep, that's what we're doing. Rental demand pushed American for homes rents results beyond expectations. 
said their CEO on a recent call with analysts. Today, the national housing shortage sits at more than 4 million homes, he said. This coupled with our single family rental value proposition provides the backdrop for continued long term rental demand growth. In other words, we are going to make an S ton of money. We're going to make oh, we are going to make some money, right? Show me the money. Apartment REIT stocks are also seeing big gains. Uh, names like Avalon Bay, UDR, and Essex Property Trust. As an Essex Property Trust, doesn't that sound formal? It sounds very formal. It's like, who do you work for? I work for Essex Property Trust. Whew. Okay. They're all up over 30% year to date. The flight from urban areas is reversing. There you go. That's all you need to know. Back to the office. Occupancy and rents for city properties are rising. And it's not just back to the office. It's people returning to they want shorter commutes. And they want to be around the cool stuff. They want to go to a freaking Mariners game. I haven't been to one. Uh, I haven't been to a big sporting event since the whole Rona thing. I'm more of a uh, Sounders fan. Nobody's given me free tickets. Therefore, I haven't gone. And all the concerts that I want to go to, um, I, you know, I was going to go, I really wanted to go to Lollapalooza because there was, I wanted to go see Limp Biscuit at Lollapalooza because why wouldn't I? I mean, that's, that's some, that's some quality music right there. If you, if you know Limp Biscuit, you know Limp Biscuit. If you don't, you're just going to make fun of them because people say they're terrible. Whatever. I'm okay with that. I think they're amazing. Um, so Lollapalooza, you had what, three, 400,000 people? That just felt like to me, that's not a place where I want to be 52-year-old dude who is not vaccinated. I'll come right out and say it. Not vaccinated. Didn't really want to expose myself to that at this point in time in my life. So I didn't go, but there's been very few cases that have come out of Lollapalooza. We've got Sturgis happening right now. People saying, oh, that's going to be a su another super spreader event. Yeah, like it was last year. Mm, no, no. And it won't be this year either. Um, but so there's stuff going on and people in downtown, they can experience it. They can walk to it if they don't get mugged or shot. Uh, but, you know, that's this is where people are at. The coronavirus pandemic eviction moratorium recently extended is also playing into the supply situation. As some landlords are unable to evict tenants who aren't paying, they have less supply to offer to those who can pay. And guess what? Tenants, you're going to have to pay for all those people who could have paid but chose not to pay. You're going to have to pay because landlords are going to jack up their rents any which way. And some of that is going to be because they're going to eat some losses. And guess what? Guess where it's going to come from? You got it. Rent. So to offset losses, some are raising rents on the properties they can, knowing that demand in the market will support the increases. Supply and demand, right? Matwani has had several tenants unable to pay and said he has lost about 30 grand so far during the pandemic. The eviction moratorium has caused hardship for landlords that coupled with the fact that the rental assistance program, that's that 47, 46 and a half billion that I was talking about has not actually kicked in in the fashion that it was normally intended to has really caused a squeeze on both renters and their landlords, mainly the landlords, because they're the ones that have been paying for mortgages, insurance, taxes, maintenance, the whole shebang. 
if a tenant has been unable to pay, and they can say, hey, due to the Rona, couldn't pay, they're off the hook during the eviction moratorium, right? Well, some of that's going to change when these evictions finally get sunsetted. Is it going to be in a couple of months? Probably, I think most eviction moratoriums will, I, I don't know how many more times they can kick them out. I, I don't know, I didn't think they'd be able to in the last one. And legally, I don't think they were the CDC moratorium. But you know, that's happening. And our president basically said, well, it may not be entirely legal, but you know, we're, we're, we're going to try, we're going to throw this out there and see what happens. Even though the Supreme Court basically said, mm, no go, you're gonna have to have Congress, active Congress is going to have to extend out that moratorium. Well, yeah, let's just get the CDC to kick that bad boy out another 60 days, buy us some time, see where we're at. Rents are going to go up. Bidding wars, they are a happening. Mm, yeah. Okay, that's it. That's it for me on this one. Um, let me know. If you're a tenant, you've been in a bidding war. Love to have your comments. Let me know. You can always send me email Sean at Seattle real estate podcast.com. And Sean is S E A N. It is not the English way of spelling things. It is the Irish way of spelling things. Ask my mom. Don't know. You got it. All right. That's it for me. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for being part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I will catch up with you soon. Until then, stay safe. We'll talk then. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.